pumpkin ale. There you go. I'm in season. Look at that. I yeah. I, where's that dog? Yes, dog. Dog fish. Yeah. Describe it to the listeners. What we got? You have a pumpkin ale. Um, I didn't know they made that. Is it an IPA? It is not. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Um, it says dogfish head. They didn't uh, address it with the IPA moniker. And I didn't know they made it. It's actually not there. even pumpkin. It's called punkin. Punkin. Oh, well, so, sorry. Yeah. He, he, the weird thing about it is it, it kind of tastes like a, like a spicier Old Duels. Um, that's a glowing endorsement. I'm sure they really appreciate that. <laughs> Let's just X out sponsors right now. Who are we not getting? Dogfish. <laughs> They're definitely not doing it. No. The thing Ch- is, I love this. No, that, that you have to follow it up with Dogfish. Change my mind. <laughs> Send me a case <laughs> and change my mind. And now we're going to issue challenges. This was I feel like that's now. what I heard Snapple. Do. They used to send cases to Howard Stern, and that's how that was one of their marketing tactics. I don't know if that's true. Something like I heard that, that too. I think that's one of those urban legends. Yeah. Urban legends of the fall. Uh, spicy this afternoon. Recording on a... F- oh, I, I, I didn't want to give out the date because uh, that will not be the date of release. <laughs> and I don't want to destroy the magic. This is live. That's right. We record two minutes before it goes up. You're getting the raw and uncut retraction. <laughs> this might be our most annoying episode. Let's see. So, what do you got? Anything new going on in your yeah, life? Yeah, I'm incredibly or? annoyed because the launch of the. Uh, actually, I didn't even give a crap about the PS5. Uh, but Why was it a big deal? So I, I saw the PS5 thing, but I heard, and it's like the same price as Xbox, which is like 500 bucks. But why is that of note? Why was that a headline? Like they match that, that shouldn't be a, That shouldn't be a headline. I mean, it, it, it's a headline if you weren't paying attention. I mean, it's, everyone knew that they were going to match each other. They weren't, one wasn't going to be more expensive than the other because Xbox learned a very sad and hard lesson last gen, um, pricing their uh, system $100 more than the PlayStation, and as a result, they just got destroyed. Uh, oh, so this was more of Sony didn't undercut them by 100 bucks; They kept it the same. Right. Well, Sony did try to undercut uh, because they released uh, all digital console. So the console that includes a disk drive is what matches the Xbox Series X. The console that doesn't undercuts it by about 100 bucks. So technically, they still undercut Xbox this gen by $100, but then Xbox came back with a counter and released another system that's not as powerful, but runs on the same CPU for $300. So then they cut Sony back again by $100. So then Sony came back. I mean, it's, it's like bold and beautiful. Like it's like an 80s soap. Then Sony came back and released their pre-orders a week before Xbox would release its pre-orders in order to get greater market share by riding the hype train. When I do hype train, I actually do a thing with my hands that the listeners are missing out on, and that makes it a little less special. But hype train was all there. So then what happened is, and this this is where the annoyance comes in, now that I've uh, set the stage, I've set the groundwork, Everyone floods Walmart's site, and then other big retail chains are like, screw this, why is, why is Walmart going to get all the share of the market? And then they, 
like a domino effect, start opening up pre-orders. So then you've got this whole mad rush of people trying to buy or pre-order PS5s between the hours, like three hours after the show and a full, not a full day, but it, it's the day before Sony actually said you could go live with pre-orders. So it, it basically it all sold out and most people didn't get it because the scalpers who were more in touch with what's going on bought up a crap load of, uh, of systems and they're now selling it on eBay for three times the price. It's a hundred percent markup on eBay. And, uh, and it's sort of like a really crappy situation. Again, another crappy situation for 2020 where people hope are hoping to give these things to their kids, make, you know, lighten up the, the year a little bit with a nice new next gen console. And now they're, 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 they're basically screwed. So yeah. And we'll the- see what happens. The case study of 2020, our children will learn about the great Sony Xbox debacle and the pre-order scam. You know what? That Every, we all had to endure. Are you going to get a shirt that says, I, sur- I survived the pre-order? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going to just put it there. It's called the butterfly effect, okay? Every – you don't know. You don't know what this little seemingly innocuous little debacle, what effect that may have on 2021. You don't know. You don't know. Worse yet, and this is actually the worst part, because actually I didn't really care about a PS5. I mean, I, I just didn't. Uh, I, you know, I play games every now and then. Uh, but console, you know, it, it's all about the PC. The PC Master Race is really what this is about. And I was like, you know what? 2021, new house, new kid, new hobbies. And by those, new hobbies... Is that I, in order? Is that in order? House, it, kid, hobby? It is. It is, actually. Because that's usually, I think... Because I, I, I believe, right? If something goes wrong with the house, I'm allowed to abandon the kid to fix it, right? <laughs> is, that, is that how it works? I thought that's how it works. Because, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, that, that's what you can argue with your wife. You say, well, the kid's screaming, but the house is on fire, right? So you have to address <laughs> one before the other. Sure. In that Thanks. specific scenario, yes. Thank you. Yeah, see? Like I said, so I was like, all right, I'm going to build a PC like I did when I was a kid, right? And I was, this is going to be awesome. I got time, got a house. You know, while I'm babysitting my own kid, I could tinker uh, until, you know. I think they call that parenting. Right. I, I could tinker and, and then I could show, you know, I could, this is something I could, I could do. And if I keep doing it, then, uh, you know, I could, I could pass the skill on to my kid and, and they can build computers. And it's, it's a generational thing. It's like, it's a gift. It's a generational gift. Yeah. And maybe by the time you finish, you'll get that PS5. Yeah, basically. So anyway, so. So it clearly doesn't bother you. That, no, that I think is understood. Hold on. Hold on. No, wait, wait. Here, here's the thing. NVIDIA releases a new graphics card that everyone goes crazy over. And I'm like, I would like to get in on that. It's a little expensive, so it's, it's going to be a bit of a stretch. But they release it. I mean, how much is it? How much is uh, it? It's, um, it was $700, this card, $700. And this does what? What does a graphics card do for you? Why do you need to upgrade or get well, this, this graphics card? I mean, I don't want to... Are we a PC podcast or 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 are we flowing? It's gonna take too much time to get into what a graphics. I mean, card you does. can't give me like a ten okay, second okay, okay. like thing of what a graphics sure, card sure. does. Uh, a graphic. This graphics card in particular would allow you to game at four uh, K, four K resolution uh, with uh, advanced frame rate. So we're talking upwards of uh, 60, 120 frames per second, which allows for smoother, smooth gameplay. And it's very difficult to achieve at the uh, at the 4K resolution. So let's just leave it at that. You're a marketer. That's what put, that's what's put on the box. 
that's what they put on the box. So I'm like, I'll get in on that. Screw the PS thing. I'll just do this because PC is better than console. Nine o'clock in the morning, line up digitally, refresh pages. Every retailer at exactly at 9 a.m. in the morning sold out within seconds. So it went from 9 a.m. to not 9.01, but 9 a.m. and 30 seconds. Everyone was sold out. The reason? None of the retailers put up protections against bots. Antoine, it sounds like you're just going to have to wait. Sounds like you're just gonna have to wait until no, it actually no, goes this on sale. Is, this is this is what's scientifically fun about this, and this is this is what's interesting. It's it's about how we live in an age where scalpers can basically set up bots to probe a page, keep refreshing it until you can get in, add massive amounts of quantities to a cart. I assume then, this is what goes on with tickets. This is what tickets. Yeah, what happens it's the same tickets. thing. No, no, you, you're absolutely right. This is the same thing that happens with tickets. But now you're it right. affects you, and now you're upset about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't but care. All the concert goers, all the concert goers, have been suffering this for years. <laughs> They've been doing it for years. I didn't care. I didn't care. <laughs> now it affects me. This is this is what it's about. This is how you get active. This is how you get politically active. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's happening to someone else. Typical it human behavior. Once it happens to you, that's when you get in this. That's funny. Yeah, this is exa- – I mean, I have waited online for hours to get tickets before, um, only to find out, you know, they were sold out hours ago. Um, so I feel your pain. Um, good news is, unlike a concert, you will get your video card and or PS5 someday. Uh, when Probably you not. Of a concert, Probably that's, not. That's kind of I'm it. never going to be able to square away – how do you justify you spending $700 on a component versus $500 on an entire console? Like, is it that much better? Um, like, how, do you, how do you measure better? No, you're, here's the thing. This is, this is really interesting about this generation. And I'm not uh, a PC enthusiast, right? Like, so I'm not going to sit here and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk about like benchmarking and measuring uh, uh, various components. Uh, to say, you know, what's the difference? But I will say this. Based on marketing, and the only marketing, what Xbox is claiming they're going to deliver this generation is for the first time quite comparable to what normally PC people have had uh, the advantage of enjoying, which is high-resolution gaming with uh, high frame rates. For the first time, Xbox is saying the new console at $500 can technically do 8K. This is in the marketing. No one's tested this out. But they're marketing it at saying that you can game in 8K, which up until now, you needed about $2,000 in, in terms of your graphics card. You would need like a Titan or the new NVIDIA card that's coming out, 3090. That's coming out $1,500. That's something you would need to do that. How, so how they're doing it for $500, I don't know. But based on the marketing, that's what they're saying. So yeah, for the first time, you're right. It might actually get a little harder to justify paying the $700 versus the $500 for a complete system. But PC does add a lot of, uh, there's a lot more freedom than what you get on in the console market. Plus games, they fluctuate in price better on, uh, in the PC market. You'll get more sales. And a lot of developers will bring their games to PC first 
before they'll optimize it for console because there's a lot there's a lot less roadblocks in terms of doing that. So you can get to market faster. Do you need to be a better like do you need to be an advanced gamer to to be in the market for a PC rather than a PlayStation or Xbox? Like what's the persona? It's it's of definitely a gamer? yeah. Yeah, it's definitely people who are more uh, tech savvy. Uh, definitely people, just, just just tinkers, I would say, uh, if you're not buying uh, gaming laptops. I would say gaming laptop people are uh, people who have disposable income and don't want to worry about frying a motherboard or uh, worrying about various components in terms of building their own PC. And so you'll get like a, a, a gaming laptop that does, that's basically like a console. So it's just... Uh, Form packaged, ready to go. That's what you want. Well, yeah, I know. Very, that was a little foray. I know it, it's a good very way to open inter- up the very, show. <clears throat> very interesting to hear about what's going on in the gaming world. Um, my <laughs> heart goes out to those affected by the pre-sale scam. <laughs> yeah. Um, those Russian bots can be killers. Yep. Yep. Now, what Fires in Oregon be dead. I mean, you say it's a bot, so is it like a bot yeah. on behalf of scalpers where they're just mm-hmm. like they're they're getting yeah. everything shipped to them, like they actually mm-hmm. buy these things? And- right. So for the first time, uh, Nvidia uh, actually tweeted. And they said, you know, Twitter's yeah, Twitter's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of information if you just know if you just pay attention. But uh, yeah, Nvidia for the first time said that they're going to investigate. Uh, the Can't sales cancel the sales. Can't they just right? Yeah. Well, that's what that's what they're going to try to. I, I don't know if they're. I don't know how you would do it. Right. I'm. I'm assuming that the bots are sophisticated. Mean, here's the thing. I don't know how sophisticated um, the people using the bots are. So while the software is incredibly sophisticated, it's it's basically a person who says, "I want to flip a card, or I want to get in on the resale market." So then I go out and I buy software. I don't know how much that software costs, right? But you buy it on the black market. And then I say, I'm going to buy, I'm going to use this software and I'm going to set it up to six different websites. And we're going to, and we're going to get a card that has, you know, a credit card that has like $30,000 limit. And we're going to charge all, we're going to charge it all and get tons of cards delivered to my house. But that's, that's the interesting thing. So if NVIDIA investigates, they're going to notice if there are, if they cross reference the shippings, like the the, right, the shipping locations, they should be yeah. able to cross reference and say, why are 22 cards going to a single address? And then that person probably would get their stuff canceled. So it'll be interesting to see what they come back with because most retailers don't do this. Most retailers just don't, they just cut their losses and just say, you know what, this is not our problem because we sold the product and we're getting the money anyway. We don't care how it's distributed. Uh, but NVIDIA actually took the extra step to say, we're consumer friendly. And they didn't want the tobacco debacle that happened last time because the last time their cards basically the same thing happened and most of their cards had a 150% markup for the lifetime of the card. Uh, so I think they don't, they don't want that to happen for this generation. So they're trying to nip it in the bud. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Retraction. <laughs> so... Now that we've gotten that out of our system, which has been was, very interesting. Yeah, I was angry. But yeah, go on. I can feel your anger, and I'm glad that you were able to vent. I am sure it is relevant for a, a large portion of our listenership, and I hope that it anger. has resonated with them. Cool. So you had a list that you wanted. I think you texted it to me at some point. I don't know what it is, though. 
Are we still going with me? I, haven't I done enough talking? Well, <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's your I, turn. You bring up an issue because this this was this was an issue. I said this is this is scientific because this is it's um it, it's tech, <laughs> and I care. <laughs> so yeah, I was just looking through the text trying to find. I thought you had sent me like a bunch of things that you wanted that that we were going to talk about um, mm-hmm. because we text so much throughout the week. I can't find it though. Um, so well, we had Venus. Right. Venus was the other thing. Well, Venus was definitely one of them. Um, so it's interesting. The article itself kind of backtracks. It's a Reuters article, but I'm sure that's uh, multiple places are talking about it. Uh, titled yeah, "Potential Potential Sign of Alien Life Detected on Inhospitable mm-hmm. Venus," yeah. and they themselves kind of backtrack in the article from the from the headline. And I think what you can take away from this is um, we, what was the name of the, uh, the gas? Phos, phosphine, phosphine, phosphine. That's what happens when you've never heard a word said out loud before. <laughs> but um, so this gas, what, what I'm getting from this is that it has not been looked at closely enough to understand all the different ways that it can occur, that it can come into existence. Um, and so one of the ways that they know based on what they've seen in earth is life. Um, but there are a number of other ways. Uh, I should say that there are a number of other ways that we know of and the number of ways that we know of, they've kind of checked out and ruled unlikely. However, the gas itself hasn't been studied enough where they can say there are no additional other ways besides life. So I think more, more research has to be done, but it's still an exciting, um, an exciting prospect because Obviously, if this did turn out to be uh, alien life, not little green men, but um, I mean, in sp- specifically, I don't want to, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I don't know if it's like a bacteria or something like that. Um, but if that does exist in some place like Venus, even if it's in the clouds, um, which apparently is like 80 degrees Fahrenheit up in the atmosphere. So it is somewhat hospitable. Um, and I think Carl Sagan, even back in the day, had, had, had theorized that life could exist there. But if it could exist in a place like Venus, then it's, you know, without any proof, you can assume that it may be prevalent. It's probably very prevalent throughout the galaxy and, and the larger universe. So I think it's an exciting thing. I think it's something that I hope that they continue to study now that that's showing promise before this, people were looking to Mars and the moons um, of other planets. And I don't know how much effort has been put into to the inner planets um, or closer to the sun than earth. So this was kind of cool. I thought um, what it means for us uh, other than the impl- implications on religion and things like that. Uh, I'm not sure because 2020 has taught me that facts don't matter and people will believe whatever the hell they want to believe. And that even the most um, promising ideas um, can be pushed aside for the status quo because comfort is king, apparently, or familiarity is king or the norm is king. People don't want to um, disrupt their, their routine. That's what, that's what I'm kind of getting out of 2020. You know what? This was a little. I'm going to steal a phrase from Oprah. I had a I had a come to Jesus moment with this one. 
and, and you know why? Because for the first time, I think I realized that even if we discovered life on another planet, I don't think it would change anything here. <laughs> that, that, that's, I know. That's what's so crazy. It was the first time where I was like, wow, you know, let's say they actually prove this. Let's say that there are little, let's even say there are little tiny green men that are microscopic that have an entire civilization on Venus and are living within the gas. It wouldn't change anything on Earth. No, and I, and I was like, I don't even know if people would care. And, and the thing is, it wouldn't even change it. That's what's crazy. I don't think it would even change it from a religious perspective. And that, that's what's crazy to me because when I was a kid, I always thought that religion in particular would suffer the minute we discovered extraterrestrial life because it would just upend all canon. It would upend everything. It's logic. It's logic. Right? Well, it's, it's, well it's, it's logic. As if, you needed, as if you needed more. I mean, we can sit well, on here and talk about religion. Yeah, yeah. But I, let's, if you needed more logic, this specifically should have been the nail in the coffin. Right. You would think that. Exactly. You would say, well, it's the, there's no scripture that has anything to do with extraterrestrial life. And the fact that life is developing outside of our Earth means that uh, you have to now expand the scope of how you believe there is a divine creator, at least from the when you're looking at religion from that very uh, that very rote like um, you know the literal like, text the you. literal the li- text exactly when you're looking at it literally because I think people who are more spiritual uh, will have no no issues with uh, having life on another planet because that would make sense you know if the galaxy if the universe is alive uh, and, uh, and 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 there are forces everywhere there's energy everywhere I can completely see how you could wrap that into your into your canon and into into your ecosystem uh, of your belief system but. When we're talking about like that hardcore evangelical t- type stuff, I I don't think it would matter. I really don't. I think that there would be a way to flip it, or parishioners would just simply say, like, I think you could just say it's a trick of the devil, or you or you. I don't even think you have to go that. They would just far. say they, I mean, they anything. would just do what they're doing now. They would just say yeah. if they even recognize the science which I think a large portion would just completely ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. Exactly. Out of sight, out of mind. It's not like they're exactly. enslaving us or something. Exactly. But that, I think that, that they would say... Have, that's right. That's but I exactly think they would it. say exactly what they say about every other scientific discovery or, or uh, consensus that interrupts their norm, that disrupts their reality. Well, the mm-hmm. science isn't out yet. We found... Nine out of ten scientists may agree, but we found that tenth. We found yeah. that tenth scientist... And we're latching on to him. The earth is flat. Climate change isn't happening. And that there's no life on Venus. Yeah. Like, that's what it would be. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it wasn't until I had to get to this age to come to that realization. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's great. But I, mean, I, I, I have to harp on one more, one more thing because I, I feel like it's that it's the culmination of the way that we treat climate change as well, where there's so much denial that it, it finally dawned on me that we would deny that too. Or not we, but the, if you would deny climate change, which is something you could visibly kind of, that kind of, you could see it. You could chart it in terms of the way um, disaster happens with, uh, with more and more frequency, uh, sea, level, sea, level, sea levels rising. You, you could, you, there, there is enough empirical evidence to say something is different and something is changing. And if you could deny that, it means and you could deny life out there. If even if we discovered it, you would deny it. And it's the and and it's important because they often the things will say it's natural, it's cyclical. It's the rate. 
It's the rate at which climate change is happening that is the issue. It, is, it, it coincides with the Industrial Revolution and it just accelerates from there and it is the rate at which things are changing. All of that stuff is in the data and I'm not going to talk too much to it because I'm not a scientist, but I've seen enough and I trust the people that are saying it enough where we should be acting. And the fact that not only are we not acting because it may not be economical in the short term, we're flat out um, discrediting the findings. And it always goes back to the same conversation we have. What is the point of having experts and institutions and degrees and even going to school if we're saying to little Johnny and Jenny, uh, when you grow up, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a degree, and then no one is ever going to listen to you because everything you're taught is a liberal lie. So like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, why we even have these foundational principles in our society, why we, why we rest on these pillars of institutions, um, so much responsibility to look after us if we just ignore them when we're faced with a tough decision. It's so soul it's crushing. far off from Venus life, but it's so soul crushing. It's soul crushing. Hey, hey, the thing is too, it's, it's, it's not just that it's disappointing. I mean, the thing is, I don't want to go out and say that if you're a current grad student or you're a current uh, undergrad who is studying science, that you are wasting your time. Because the thing is, the majority of people, I feel like the majority of people are well-reasoned. It's just that we, ha- we live in an area, we live in an era where minority voices get amplified. Social media doesn't not help with that. Uh, and then there's a, a lot of other reasons, such as, sensationalism sells uh ads in terms of the media uh so you are so you're just gonna more you're you're more likely to pick up on minority voices um when it comes to uh things that will uh basically upend norms such as claiming i don't know that uh the fires in oregon are getting start are being started by people (laughs) as opposed to (laughs) climate change left activist Antoine I believe that's I believe that's what you meant to say left wing activists uh, no no shade on on Rogan who I actually have a lot of respect for but uh, but yeah my, my point is, is that I think that 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 can get to the best of people especially if you're if you're constantly um, if you're constantly engaging um, extreme voices or you're trying to uh, to look at the other side I think that it can eventually start to erode on your your own sense of of uh, what's right and your own your own equilibrium in terms of uh, you know uh, the truth, like the truth and uh, and uh, and facts. So yeah, but anyway, yep. So that's Venus. That's the story there, uh, and uh, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just adding to the whole climate change type thing. It's not even like it is a big part of society in terms of individual citizens and their sophistication when it comes to science or or just general trust in it. But it also comes from leadership. Uh, I had also sent you that article on uh, what was it from the um, Associated Press titled World Isn't Meeting Biodiversity Goals, UN Report Finds. Um, They've had over a decade to achieve 20 goals and only six were partially achieved and the rest were not. And, you know, when we're talking about biodiversity, what this really means is plants and animals are dying. Like we're losing species, things that help 
with Earth's <laughs> ecosystem. Um, and again, it goes back to how, how young were you when you first started learning about the greenhouse effect, about plant cells, animal cells? I mean, I, it's my earliest memories of school. Um, some, of the, some of those uh, involve that kind of, those kind of lessons and curriculum. And I'm kind of just blown away that we, that I don't know what happens. Like you get older and then you just forget or like fall victim to greed or you just literally kick the can and know that you only have one life to live and you're going to live it and, you, and you're just not worrying about it. Like, what is it? Why does this affect me so much? And then it doesn't affect leadership. Like why, why, why have we not met? I'm just going to ask a simple question. Mm -hmm. Probably not so simple answer. Why didn't we meet all 20 goals? We've had a decade to do it. You know, you have all these people coming together, uh, agreeing on this. The United Nations did it. All these nations came together and did it. And then everyone just bailed. No, no one did anything. Uh, which which one is this? Because how is how is this different than like the Paris Accords or or other uh, climate change initiatives that we've uh, embarked on in the, in the past like uh, two decades? So in 2010, more than 150 countries agreed to goals, and this is a link, so I'll click on that mm-hmm. um, to protect nature. But the new United Nations scorecard found that the world has largely largely failed to meet 20 different targets to safeguard species and ecosystems, and the name of this it was the convention on biological diversity so the paris accords are much more recent this is 2010 and i do not know how to pronounce this word a i c h i biodiversity targets um and yeah they're they're all listed here uh i mean there's 20 of them i won't read them all and i've actually even clicked on this before but um, by 2010 at the latest people are aware of the values of biodiversity and steps they can take to conserve it and use it sustainably. God, that's a target. So that means that mm-hmm. that's, that's such a ridiculous target in terms of the general population has to be aware. And yet, if that was one of the ones we partially um, achieved, then wow, what a fluff target. And we didn't even fully achieve that. Were we, but, were we, were we part of this? Like, is, is America one of the 150 countries or is this like countries outside of the United Nations? We have to be. Like, that's... But it's like it's, it's interesting. I've just I've never heard of this. Uh, this is the first time. Um, that, yeah, this is the first time I'm hearing about uh, this um, uh, th- this particular agreement. I, am I surprised? No. Uh, th- the thing is, we've done this in the past too. There there have been other agreements and other initiatives. Uh, remember the one that the cities? Well, the cities tried to uh, come together to say that we were going to do something in terms of the Paris uh, Paris Agreement. But uh, I'm I mean, is anyone surprised? Is is anyone shocked? Um, you know, the Brazilian rainforest is still burning at a clip. Uh, you know, it's six go partially six partially achieved goals out of twenty. Hundred and hundred plus nations. They've had ten years to do it, and all of these are yeah by twenty twenty by twenty twenty. Um, I encourage everyone to go look this up because. When you're looking at these things, it's all about our agriculture, um, our waterways, our our land, our marine environments, coastal coastal regions. I mean, it is. It's just basically. I mean, and I can only imagine. I don't know the the data and the science and the studies 
that were discussed at this convention on bio, biological diversity um, that, that resulted in these targets. But clearly, something was scary enough for this to happen, because we only do things when we're under pressure. And that was 10 years ago. And we completely fell flat. Now, when you buy a product or something like that, it always has directions. And it's, you know, whether it's medication or whatever, and it's like, don't take this many in this amount of time, or don't do this, or don't exceed this weight limit. And you have to imagine there's a little bit of a buffer. Uh, so that if you don't do like, oh, I took an extra pill, now I'm extra Tylenol, now I'm, I have to go to the emergency room. Generally, that's not the case. Uh, but you have to imagine out of these 20 targets, what was the buffer on us not achieving them before we had total disaster. Because I have a hard time believing they were like, all right, we have 20 targets, but if we partially achieve six of them, any six, we should be okay. Like, what does this mean for us? That's a hard one. Yeah, that is, that's the thing that I think hurts mainstream when you're talking about this in a mainstream way, because people have been setting targets from the 70s, right? There, there have been scientists complaining and warning general civilization that we are on the brink of disaster since the 70s. And yet, a can always gets kicked down the road. And, and we have initiatives. There are always, you always hear about an initiative, whether it's uh, uh, car, you know, uh, Amazon or someone saying, we're going to be carbon neutral within the next 20 years. Most scientists keep saying that Actually, a lot of well, not a lot. There are a few, and we should definitely get citation to this. But there are a few that have already said, you know, we're on. It's just going to be a point where you you get to another milestone. It's going to be another ten years down the road, and it's you're just going to get another article that says that we haven't achieved half of what we set of what we set out to set out to achieve. I, I don't know what else to say about that. That's the thing. It, it, it's just too depressing. I mean, is part of it. It's almost like the super volcanoes or the, the big earthquakes, like we know it's, or meteors. We know it's going to happen. We don't know when. So it's not like if we don't do this in five years, um, you know, we're all going to die and wait that five year mark hits and then we all die. Like, is, that, is, it, is it because it's not that precise and there's too many factors? Scientists will never be able to pinpoint something like that, that, we, that there is no urgency, that it, it gives politicians enough breathing room to uh, make concessions that result in us not achieving these types of goals? Like when, is it when, is it when the, the, the ocean at low tide finally sweeps over the coastlines like three miles in, are we going to say, okay, okay, now we have to, now we have to do something. Like, what is it? I'm what is it now? I'm coining it now. I'm coining it now. I'm calling it the Pompeii effect. And explain the Pompeii effect. We're going to say that the Pompeii effect is once that volcano blows, it's all over. I think that's what it is. It's it's just that once it's once you're past that point of no return and everyone dies, it's just that's just the end, right? So, what is there to worry about? It's all over. Civilization is done. It's 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 done. It's the Pompeii effect. Well, it's not though. It's not instant. We're not going to all get hit with a pyroclastic cloud or flow, we're, we're going we're gonna to get hit with devastation, then through attrition over maybe a generation, just so many people are going to die. I mean, it's hard to imagine anything that's going to wipe out our, our, our species entirely, uh, you know, other than, other than a meteor or something. But 
All right, I, I fine. Just, let's let's call it the uh, the Serengeti anomaly. I'm going to create another. I'm going to do another analogy. It's that point where you're watching that Nat, Nat Geo documentary and the lion catches the gazelle and the gazelle is still alive and it's kicking as the lion slowly sucks the life out of it, you know, by strangling it to death uh, with its jaws. That's us. We're the gazelle. It's just a slow, it's a slow burn. It's a slow bleed out until it's over. That's what you're describing. So yeah, it, it, it's almost that point where you just give up. It's like, you know, it's over. There's nothing that can be done. You're just going to try to enjoy the last, the last seconds of your existence before it just all goes black and just uh, envelops you. So now it's the Serengeti anomaly. I mean, I don't even think we're going to be so lucky as to, as to, it's a terrible thing to say, but as to perish. Um, I think we're going to have to live with this mistake if we allow it to happen. I think it's just going to be this thing like, like in the dark ages in the beginning of the, of the medieval period where you have this collapsed civilization living next to Roman aqueducts, fantasizing about once was and what they're living in now. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for the people of that time. I have no idea what they were thinking, um, but I know that they were quarrying it to build hovels. Uh, like what is that like to, to, ha- to, to have history tangible or not, whether they're stories or, or actual physical history to look at history of a once great and capable and enlightened civilization that could not get out of its own way, even though they built the safeguards to protect themselves. When push came to shove, their appetite outweighed their sense of self-preservation and they allowed themselves to be destroyed by themselves. I mean, that's kind of what I feel like the future is if we don't act. And I'm I put so much faith in the new generation and generations after that to fix our mistakes and the mistakes of people before us. I just don't, you, you I don't know. know. They, like, won't, what, they won't, right? You know, they won't just like the generations <laughs> that came before us thought that we would do better. And, but uh, we, but, but, we but I feel like there are incremental, that's the thing. It's like, you hear these reports from scientists and they call for swift and immediate action because we've ignored the problem for so long. And then, even if, and that's one thing, and then you look at generations and we have made incremental progress, but it is not at the rate that it needs to be according to the science consensus and the science community. And so my question or pondering is, will it accelerate to meet that need or will something drastic happen or will we continue at a snail's pace, you know, and we just, we just won't get there in time. Um, because I do think that generation after generation, we become more aware of our impact. And right, right, we have, you know, we have houses with solar panels now. That, that wasn't a thing. Barely, right? barely. I mean, yeah, but it's, and the snow, but, the, but that's what I mean. It, it's, it's, it needs it, to be. But that's and what I said. It's that. not at the rate, but it's not at the right the rate. Is we're, we're finally at a generation where the majority of us are starting to finally own homes. And how many of us actually have solar panels on those houses? What is the percentage? Know. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, yet, and yet we're a generation well, we're that completely talking. knows that that is the better thing to do. We're a generation that f- is fully informed with the knowledge to know that we should be using solar panels and the, the benefits of, of, solar, of solar power and clean energy. And yet so many of us still have oil burning, uh, whatever, furnaces or whatever, 
and still engage in practices that we know are bad for the environment, and yet we still do it. And that's my point. Well, the incentives it, aren't there, right? You're not exactly. Gonna- the, as long as the incentives aren't there, and the thing is, the incentives aren't created, and our generation isn't in a point and isn't in a place where I believe we're going to get into power, and then all of a sudden start building those incentives. Not unless something uh, calamitous occurs. And the thing is, it's what 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 does need to occur? We we've lived through Katrina. We, we, the West has been burning for years. Uh, hurricanes are getting worse. Tornadoes are getting worse. We haven't gotten to a point where people are starting to migrate out of major cities. But I mean, scientists have already discussed that, or have already been pondering that. You know, cities like Miami are 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 on borrowed time in terms of flooding and the and the right storm that just basically annihilates it. But, but the thing is, I can talk alarmist all I want. Big things happen. Huge. Events occur, and, and yet we move on. We, we, we reinsure. We double down. We say we're going to rebuild. We say that's the patriotic thing to do. And, and instead of learning from those mistakes, uh, we just go right back and, uh, and, and repeat them. So I don't know. No, I don't know. No, I'm, just saying, I, I'm, I don't with know. You. I'm with you on that. Um, and that's why I, I almost feel like I'm kicking the can, and it is kicking the can. I, that's why I am hoping – that the new generations to follow turn a corner and do what we have not been able to do because you are absolutely right. And listen, everything you just named is regional. We are in the middle of a pandemic and we still find ways to sides to, to, to put our heads in the sand, to, to ignore the problem. And the common denominator there is who's in power. Um, who, who, are, who are the ones that are, that are making our policies? In the younger generation, you see more sensitivity to our impact on, on the earth. Uh, and so that's why I'm hoping that, you know, when, when our kids are grown, that they'll, I don't know, just but be that's, better. Just that's be better. why I'm going back to the Pompeii effect. It's going to come to a point where the kid, the generation comes up and realizes it's too late. And so they just give up, you know, they, they forsake all hope and they either double down to enjoy uh, what quality of life they have left until you get to, a, to that point where uh, everyone has a gas mask when they have to walk outside. And yeah, that's really it. it, it, it that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's where you get to the Pompeii effect. So, so right now we're in the Serengeti anomaly. That's our generation. And then it's going to get to a point where lights are about to go out. And that's the Pompeii effect where it's like, you just might as well as enjoy the day because nothing you do can reverse what's uh, about to happen. I mean, you'd like to think that there's always, right. That there's the the human nature is to find a way that there is a way to reverse it. We just don't know it yet. And we will, we will figure it out. That's what you hope for, but you're right. What is, what is, what is 2020 teaching us? You either put on a mask or you have a COVID party. And those are the two camps. Right. You either you either you either do what you're supposed to do or you don't, and if people feel helpless, they're going to go out and have a COVID party. Apparently, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, it's depressing, but that 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 is my consensus on it. I had I do not have faith that the next generation will do better, especially if we are if we leave it if we leave them in such a dire situation uh, that they feel like it's hopeless. And then I then. Yeah, I could see them losing all hope and then just uh, being probably even worse. Just, just getting out all the gas guzzlers, going back to the fifties, you know, big chargers, and just like uh, have a whole movement all the way back to uh, inefficiency. 
just for the sake of uh, just having a little fun because there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't foresee that. Um, but, you, you know, who knows? Um, who knows? So one thing I did want to talk about, change gears, because usually we'll text back and forth about things and hash things out and we're like, oh, man, we should have discussed that on the pod. Yep. Um, but I had presence of mind not to reply to your text hmm. regarding the article I sent you today from Nature, our beloved yeah. Nature, mm-hmm. um, titled The Controversial Company Using DNA to Sketch the Faces of Criminals. Yep. I don't know if you read the article. I read it. And you came back and was like 100%. I disagree. Disagree. 100%. And I didn't reply because I feel like we would have wasted our back and forth. We would have. So I read it as well. Yep. Um, I'm actually surprised that they didn't. So, I, I mean, personally, when I read this, you, you read it and you talk, it talks about the sketching of faces of criminals. But I feel like that was a small portion of the article. The larger it it por- was. Yeah, it larger was. portion of the article, which arguably is. By the way, Google, uh, Google had technology. Uh, I'm not sure if Amazon did as well, but they had technology that uh, did, did similar things in terms of uh, face scans. And they uh, have removed it. They, in the light of Black Lives Matter movements, uh, they rescinded that from uh, law enforcement use. Well, it was interesting because you had, so I don't know what you're talking about when you say face scans <laughs> and stuff. So I don't know what that means uh, right. in terms of what is here, but they, when they talk Facial about recognition, the, but yeah. yeah. So when they talk about the sketching of faces based on DNA, it seems like uh, this Parabon. This was, yeah, that's, it's completely different. Cause uh, the, uses, yeah. uses, yeah. Like the, your genes yeah. to determine, all right, well, this says you have a certain hair color. This says you have a certain toned skin. Um, but then apparently there's some criticisms because they don't release the algorithm or they don't, they don't right. submit their, their uh, method to peer review. So there's a, uh, an assumption that they're filling in gaps somehow based on cultural, uh, I don't want to yeah. say stereotypes. I don't know well, the word to use. That was the hilarious. On- yeah, that, that was the funny part about it because it just took me back to, uh, again, uh, old uh, Nat Geo documentaries where they would do it on Neanderthals and be like, this is what Cro-Magnum man you might have looked like it. <laughs> it's like a, a composite sketch of his modern day ancestor. I mean, it's like, yeah, his modern day relative. And by the way, some dude in like uh, Poland and it like, you know, enlarges his forehead and, uh, you know, draws him back uh, and says, you know, this is what Neanderthals might have looked like. I'm just saying it, it, it was very reminiscent of that. It was so hokey that I had to it laugh when they, when, they, uh, when they had that part of the article. It makes me think of two things, what you just said. One is the old BBC um, uh, segment where they, and I don't know if it was a joke or not, like a April Fool's joke or not, but they read, it's funny as hell. They redid a Neanderthal's voice box and they had this guy like mimicking it. And this like woman was pushing on his chest and he's like screaming at a very high tone high pitch it was so it was so funny to watch i would say google that if anyone hasn't seen it and the other one is when they redid the voice box for a mummy yeah and then but but, and but that one was a like it was like a normal like you know um uh computer generated kind of like uh Mm -hmm. but then they had um (laughs) someone doctored it and used like the dm it sounded like dmx scream and it was so freaking funny i saw the doctored one before i saw the original and i think i sent it to you i was I had to watch it like 20 times. I laughed so hard. It was like, I don't know. That's what it made me think of. It was very funny. Yeah, um, it's so ridiculous. I mean, these companies are just so, they're so absurd. 
yeah, they think that's the thing. It, it, I get angry. Yeah, yeah, that article pissed me off. I'm gonna say that because the idea of law enforcement trying to cheat their way out of investigations by relying on uh, a company that is it, it just it just feels it felt so snake oil. That's how it feels. It just feels oh, so snake right. oil. So uh, all right. But before we get into the law enforcement bit, the reason why this company exists is they wanted to do well. They they had a different mission, I think. Then they turned and, to yeah. They turned to facial res- recognition, and the government, uh, I think the military, wanted to contract them out. They got a grant from them to uh, help them with terrorists in the Middle East who were planting IEDs based on a little bit of DNA that they would have gotten to reconstruct their face. So I guess they could find them. That's kind of it. Seems like the genesis of all of this. I read the article once. They don't have an amazing recall. I could be getting a little some of the details fuzzy. Um, but then what I think you're getting into is what the bulk of the article is about, in my opinion, and the real meat of this is police departments, law enforcement using DNA um, uh, databases, you know, like your, your ancestry, things like that, your 23andMe, your DNA, uh, family tree DNA or whatever that's called. Um, mm-hmm to to locate criminals um and there's i think an obvious inherent caution like doing that and i think the art what the article specifically calls out towards the end is that you know this should not replace investigative tactics this should be a tool in the kit there's a danger of a a running this DNA, looking at family trees, seeing that it's a particular demographic or even a particular family, because that's how it works. You, you run the DNA and you find a family tree uh, and then you start investigating that family tree. It narrows the list down for you and, you, and, and then you hopefully you find the killer or rapist. That's kind of the examples they were using. And what will happen uh, to, an un, to an uninformed person is they'll start associating certain families or, uh, or demographics with these crimes not taking into account the socioeconomic factors that are contributing to, you know, these alleged crimes being committed. Um, and I think it's that detail, which is so easy to overlook because we're all humans uh, with impulse and knee jerk reactions, but it is such an important detail because that's the, that's the root cause of, of desperate of crimes committed out of desperation or whatever it may be. So, what my argument against 100% against this is that from what I've seen, which is extremely limited, but from what I've seen, this tactic, this tool in the kit, when paired with investigative uh, techniques, has been successful. They've caught everyone. Like they've, 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 ident- they've ID'd the perps, and they did it. Uh, when you talk, in the article itself, it talked about how they had the wrong family member to begin well, with. No, so, but it's, but. And then there have been other cases but where it's about, they've, they've no, tracked the complete wrong okay, person. Let, let me stop you there. They, yes, like I said, so the way that it works, and listen, I'm not and saying. And that's not they, even my issue getting, with it. I'm not saying they're not getting it, that, that, that it's perfect to start, but they can definitely learn from this. I think part of what I was saying before is the public, employers, people like that we have to all be educated about what's happening so that we're not condemned. That barely, that barely happens as it is. 
I, this but, is, all right, let okay, me, let me finish that. But so the way that it's working is you get partial DNA samples. You're not identifying an individual. You're identifying, you know, a portion of that DNA. And so that'll lead you to a family tree, a, a group of related individuals. And so you start with one person and you should be able to ask them questions and then through your investigative techniques, locate the right one. They may have started with the wrong person, but then eventually they were led to the right. And what it did was narrow down the list. It took from a population of X amount down to one family That's and ridiculous. it led to them, but, it, yeah, but, but they caught the dude. So, but, but look at your rights. Look at how, 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 how that infringes on your right to just be a free citizen. You're telling me that uh, if, if someone, some ancestor, not ancestor, but like some distant cousin of mine commits some ridiculous crime that cops are going to come knocking on my door to talk to me about if I, if I, uh, was anywhere near the vicinity of this place because they're trying to they're trying to analyze whether uh, some person related to me might have had to do a crime. Are you? This, that's insane. That is an no, insane. I, so civilization. I don't. I don't. I don't find that insane under under the assumption that it is not by itself going to be used to convict you. Yeah, but I don't even want it to start. I don't. I don't think that you should be able to start there because that net is too wide. That it's that. That's what to me is so ridiculous it's, about it. It's, is it it's like that? That is a wide net. And even if even if it is your cousin, if you live in because I mean eventually this is going to lead to national databases. And let's say you live in New York and there's a crime committed in Oklahoma. Uh, no, there's no reason the New York police should be coming to your door to, to start talking to you about. Um, whether you might possibly know anything about about that crime, because I, that it's insane, as is without the DNA, right? And then just because you add some sort of science to it, doesn't make it any more logical. It's still so, illogical. It's still an illogical process to investigating. I don't under. So I'm having trouble understanding. So let's say you have no leads, um, but you know that someone is out there raping and/or killing a bunch of people. Right. Is there a threshold in your mind to push that button? to identify the perpetrator's family tree so that you can narrow your list and finally have a lead. Knowing that you can no. do that, you'll never, you'll, it doesn't matter. I, well, because the thing is, you have to think about the, the ramification, you have to think about the consequences because once you start doing it, there's no going back. And while that may sound well and good for something so clear cut, it's, it's just like the, sociolo the sociologist at the end of the article was talking about. You're, 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 you're going to start to indemnify uh, whole groups of people or, or whole family trees because you're going to have build this database over hundreds of years or not hundreds of years, but even just over time. Let's say you have uh, But that's ignoring the socioeconomic years. factors though. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't, the thing I'm is, not saying course, implement this under ignorance. Well, yeah. But think about it. Think about it. Think about this. I mean, I'm just saying when we look at our current criminal justice system and the way it's implemented, it is implemented out of ignorance. Well, no, but I'm not saying I'm not saying so, no, but I'm not saying that they should do this like that. I'm saying that right. in and of itself, it is. I believe it, it's I, well, here, I believe under with the information I have that it could be a very valuable tool. I think that it could be. The value, I think the value of the tool, the, the, I think that the danger of the tool outweighs its value. And, and, and this is why. When you talk about a criminal case in terms of a jury, there is, oh, there is going to be almost no way to fight back if you're accused of something in the eyes of a jury if the cops are saying, 
your DNA was there. I mean, this is already an issue in terms of the, the, the DNA science that we currently have, which a lot of it is bug forensics. This is already an issue. And it's going to get even worse if some company that is a private company, not a government entity, is out there saying, well, we ran the DNA and it matches to you. And then now how am I supposed to go and get a fair trial, which is what you're entitled to as a citizen of this country. You're entitled to due process or you're entitled to a fair trial. How is your trial going to be fair if this company gets all the – has all basically – you have the police and this company saying you did it. Now, the, now there's no need for witnesses. There's no need for an investigation. There's, no, there's not even going to be a need to even verify your whereabouts or any of that because that's what I'm saying. The evidence will be so stacked against you because everyone is just going to err. And this is, this is the one place that people love to err on the experts when it comes to crime. In crime, people love to err on the experts. Anything I mean, else, no. But, that's, but, but it, here, yeah, I'm just saying you're, you're, like, you're going to lose uh, your rights as a citizen. I think so. I honestly, process. this is inevitable. I think it's going to happen one yeah, way or another. You're right. And I think that you're leading to a dystopian society when that does occur but, because that but is, that's the truth. What I'm, what I'm hearing from you in terms of why this is bad, you're not arguing the merits of it. You're saying people are too stupid, that yes. people are too corrupt and people are too stupid. That's correct. That is exactly what I'm arguing. And the thing is, it's, it's and I'm not, I, you know, I'm honestly not going to argue about that because I am uh, naively idealistic when I, when I think of things uh, to start. Um, sometimes you, sometimes you ground me, sometimes you don't. And so I'm not going to argue that the uh, general population is going to take the time to educate themselves or the government is going to take the time to educate the general population on the science of this and how to look at it. So that if I am questioned in a murder case because my DNA has a partial match, my employer, future employers or neighbors aren't gonna be like, did, did you hear Jamie got, got interviewed by the cops for that murder? Uh, um, you know, maybe we shouldn't have him uh, come over this weekend uh, or, well, or maybe we shouldn't give well, him the, like, that, 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 that does happen. That head. does happen if you look a certain way that, that actually, that, that that's more of a privileged view. Yes, if, if the cops start talking to certain people, even without uh, any kind of, but that, we don't have to get into that. That's one of those social, uh, socioeconomic uh, discussions. But yeah, that, that could have ramifications for some people already. Yeah. Yeah. So if that is something that we are not able to, we're not able to, 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 con, to combat uh, the counter, then yeah, it's, it seems like a. It seems like a really. Um, it, 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 it's it's just not good. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm trying to think of yeah, the right I, word to well, use, but it, you're you're going to destroy. It is like putting out an unfounded claim about someone, yeah. and it doesn't matter if it's retracted later. Look at the uh, guy from the Olympic bombings. Um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but like you you will destroy somebody yes. if this ever gets out and not done confidentially, which, you know, you don't really want to, you don't really want to rely and I, on. And I, th and I think it's worse than that because I'm going to, again, I'm going to keep erring on the fact that humanity just, I, we're just not altruistic. It, if you think about a person having to do a job, which is what a police officer is or, or a sheriff, and um, you're in a town and you need to get reelected and uh, a horrible crime is committed and you have to say, I'm going to solve it, but you have no leads. And then you turn to a DNA expert and the DNA runs, they run uh, matches across the entire country. 
and they find a relative uh, that's about three towns over. And they say, this guy is about uh, 85% match. Uh, it's not 100%, but it's 85. Uh, it could be him or it could be someone who's, really, who's closely related to him. Uh, you, go to that, uh, you, you go to that town, you investigate, you find that person. Uh, they might have visited a relative. They might have been close to the area at the time. You can't pinpoint the person who might have 100% match, but you've got someone with 85. You need to be reelected. You need to solve crimes. You're going to go heavy on that person because you need yeah but that's you need wins that's the way that the system itself, is built though but by that's itself, the way the system is built it's built the whole premise is that it cannot cases away on its own it can't not solve on them. its own it's to generate leads it's, it's not to convict right but you think its uh, own it's that is so i i mean i'm just I, saying I, that's what it's i love saying. your optimism like, no i know i love your optimism where you're like it's just there to point you in the right direction that's what the That's article not, That is not how you know, it's going to be used. That is not how it's going to be used. Nothing this powerful ever gets used so lightly. It would be amazing. We would be a much better society. In fact, we probably wouldn't have to worry about climate change if that were the way we approach things. If we took this light approach with but that's like saying you have a partial fingerprint. That's not enough to convict you on your own. You said that. You say that. But we have to look at all these cases. There are tons of people who get convicted where you're like, well, that wasn't enough evidence to convict. How did the jury, uh, how did the jury uh, find that person guilty? That's because guess what? Most juries don't – most people who go into a jury don't understand – uh, the simple premise of beyond a reasonable doubt. That well, that's, you're getting into. You're, you're, I'm just yeah, you're getting it. into like people being too dumb for the technology. And that's, and that's without science, right? That's my point. That's without science. People don't fully understand what that means. You add science into it, where uh, a prosecutor who needs another, who needs a win, because that's what the system is about. It's about getting reelected. Is going to come into a courtroom and say this guy matched the DNA over fifty percent. Like they're not going to use percentages. They're going to use much clever the, the language is going to be very clever and they're going to say that it is there is only a uh, a quarter of a percent chance this person did not commit this crime because the dna is that strong and that's all the people that's all anyone's going to hear and, wh- and then what's the defense going to go and do try to find another company to another expert to another another company to say that's going to verify they're going to say yeah the dna matches 85 percent but uh, you know, they're going to explain a whole bunch of scientific mumbo jumbo to most juries that they're it's just going to go over their head in terms of why uh, a 15% um, variance is actually incredibly significant. That's the thing. There, there's so many points of science where a small margin of error does sound innocuous when it's reported where someone could say, well, well, there's a 3% variance here, but you investigate what that 3% really means. And it, it, it basically could be enough to just overturn the entire thing to say that you, there's not enough evidence here to say this person was the right person who was at this place at the right, at this time uh, that you are, you are stating, but none of that is good. You're just going to have a whole bunch of people who are relatives of people who committed crimes in jail with no other evidence because this is just going to become sanctum out. The, That's my the premise. Prediction. Well, and who am I to, who am I to say that that wouldn't come to fruition? The premise I was operating on is that this generated leads and it was used in concert with other investigative techniques to locate the right perp. And, and that's it. It was not used by itself in any way to convict, including any historical information of 
uh, family history of crimes being committed or certain demographics. I didn't, I wasn't thinking that that's how this would be used. Would it ever devolve into that? Who am I to say? Um, but I think in, uh, perf under perfect conditions, if this is treated the right way and the public um, understands what this is, that just because you are questioned in an investigation does not mean in any way that, you know, you're tainted. Uh, and I just, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I, it's almost painful not to use because you can stop suffering. You can stop terrible things from happening because it is almost a shortcut to the answer, but it's like, like you, like, like you're, like you're cautioning against, um, the mob is, is not ready for it. It's like, yeah, it's it. But even in our previous you're episode, making, you said nothing me. should stop progress in our previous episode. I thought we agreed on that. This isn't progress. That's my thing. This isn't progress because this, to me, this is junk science. This isn't progress because it's, it's not, it, it's just. How is it junk science? If you, if you, if you had a, a, a murder being committed um, in California, a, multi, a serial killer in California, um, and you, you're, you have no leads. So you're, you know, um, you're looking at the entire population. You have nothing to go off of. How many millions of people is that? And then all of a sudden you get a partial DNA match and it leads you to a family that lives in another state that you would have never looked at. And all of a sudden now you narrow it in and you do some investigation and you find the person. How is that not progress in law enforcement? If it's, if it's accurate, right? If it's accurate. But right now we have many cases where the DNA and the forensics gets completely debunked with, like, with the Innocence Project and, and people revisiting. If it's done accurately. But I mean, let's say, let's say it's a company like, um, what, what's her name? Elizabeth. She had that garbage company, uh, Theranos, I believe, who was supposed to do something uh, miraculous with... Uh, uh, with like turning around blood samples. I, 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 I'm blanking on what the whole story is, but that's my point. Who, who vets these companies? Who, who, who says that the science that these companies is coming up with, that their DNA... Uh, sure, just, if, if it doesn't... No, I, yeah, I if it's not accurate, this. sure. No, it's, how am I supposed... You know I can't what? counter that. What am I supposed to say? Wait, wait, wait. It, accurate or not? Like, no, let's if wait, it's wait. not accurate, I'm it doesn't say, work. Like, let's look at this. Let's, let's look at my... It's not the premise uh, I'm operating under. So I did, I did 23andMe. I did 23andMe because uh, uh, my mother-in-law wanted to do it for the, for the entire family. Push blame. And, don't deflect. I'm, I'm, don't well, I'm not going to deflect. I'm just going to discuss it. You wanted it. I'm you discuss, wanted to do oh, it. Okay. I'm just going to discuss. Oh, no, I didn't want to do it because I knew exactly what the results were going to show. As a, a, a member of the African diaspora, I knew that there isn't enough people within the pool for 23andMe to match where my ancestors came from on the west coast of Africa. So when I get my results back, all it says is basically breaks out any of the European uh, uh, mixing uh, while my relatives have been in the west. And then the rest of it is just west coast of Africa. That would literally be like – an Italian American taking the test and the test not being able to tell them if they're from Northern Italy, if they were ro like the ro Roman, no. it is similar. No, it no, no. What you're looking for is uh, as other relatives. That would be the analogy you're looking for. So when you do 23andMe, you sign up to be found by people who share your DNA, and that's what you would want to do. Yeah, but my and point if, is that they can't even. My point, it, it, the science. I'm just saying that they they're they're first of all, are you, I shouldn't use a personal example as you've warned in the past because that's not what you should go on. There was a really good uh, scientific 
it was a scientific study, but it was like one of those anecdotals where it had uh, two twins take basically all the DNA tests out there. Uh, and I, I'm going to look it up and, and I should put it in the notes. That's what we should do. Anything that we cannot remember exactly, we should go and then we should put it in the show but notes. It, listen, and dude, I know, what you're, I know what you're saying. We're different. Right? I know what you're saying. That's my point. That's my because point. The, because, How they, do you... because it picks up different markers. That's why. But I know what you're saying. Listen, it's not, it's not meant to be definitive. What it's meant to do is try to narrow the list. So if you have a partial DNA sample and you put it into the database and nothing comes up, that means that no one has submitted or at any time has their DNA documented and, and uploaded into this database. If you get partial matches, all it means is those people share a partial match. It doesn't even mean that one of those people is the perp. It just is a direction to go in. No, but it's meant to help solve cold. Well, this is what you, exactly. This is what you just said. Even if you get all these partial matches, it doesn't mean that. But that's like say, that's like saying uh, something happened at the local convenience store. Um, who was in that day? I can't remember, but I know these two guys. And then you go talk to those two guys. Under that logic, you should never talk to those two guys. They have a partial relation to what happened, but it's not definitive. So why are you even going to talk to them? It's a lead. You're you're, you're running down a lead. It doesn't mean that those people are bad people. I hear what you're saying. There's a danger. Right. And here's the thing. When you talk to people, people are fallible. And when you administer that into a court of law, it gets cross-referenced by uh, the prosecutor. It gets cross-referenced by the defense attorney and the old jury who are supposed to be looking at it with an analytical sense of what's going on. And that's why that's interesting. That's why the justice system works that way because a guy could say, oh, I remember those two guys. They were in my shop on that day, but his memory could be faulty, and those two guys might not have been the guys that he thought he remembered. And under duress or uh, in terms of a cross-examination, you could come to that conclusion. It's That's why that Vinny. works. My you cannot Vinny. do that once you start – treating the science as gospel. And that's my issue. You cannot that's simply not, see though. That. That's a misunderstanding of what the... Well, I'll just, I'll just say that if we got... Partial DNA match doesn't got mean there. that it's one of you. If it stayed, if it stayed in this innocuous realm of just a... It points to the right direction. It's just a, it's just a point in a no, direction. It points, it it points into there, a, 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 a relative I still direction. Think, I it's, still think it's an invasion of rights. And it, I think that it does... Uh, it does create this sort of, uh, and I don't want to use the word Gestapo, but it, it definitely creates this this sense of government overreach. Once you could start questioning people who might be related to a person, I think that's when you have a missing person. But that's like when you have a missing person, right? And then they just they. I mean, I'm yeah, not a police not officer, a, but they, yeah, they no. fan out to friends and family, people who might have seen them last. They're asking questions of people who are loosely connected or directly connected to these right. people. And we know that there's a difference there because you have a connect, you have a, you have a, uh, a, a human connection. It's a different connection. type of connection. It's a different type of relation. Wow. It doesn't mean that you're in any way guilty. It doesn't even mean that the general tree, the, pe- the people you've been pointed to, that you're going to are, are involved in any way. It's just another lead. And I totally understand what you're saying. If we are not ready for it, it goes back to the whole chain reaction example. If we're not ready for free energy because economies will collapse, then we don't deserve it. We shouldn't get it. Even though we both agreed that nothing should stop progress, I guess some things should, but you kind of said you don't see this as progress. I think it is 
um, a valuable tool. It is uh, with great power comes great responsibility, if I'm not butchering that phrase. But uh, I think it Spider-Man, is. Extre- Toby Maguire. I think the only, the only true, the only true Spider-Man. Wow. Wow. Really? You know it. Well, and you know now, it. now, now we're just going to like pivot and go on to that. What? Why? Because he, he was just it's, the first Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, man. The great army of darkness. Can't get, we can't get out of it. Can't get out of it. You, I, I mean, I, I'm not like, knocking. Listen, like I'm falling not dead here because it's it's such an awkward pivot. I I wasn't prepared for it. I was just trying to prepare I, for uh, that. That I've for never, I, I have never heard anyone tell me. No knock against Toby. I watched the movies. I enjoyed the movies. Uh, I, I think they were very entertaining. Um, but I have never heard. Who won MTV Best Kiss first? What the upside Fire down Man. one? Yeah, yep. the upside. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, I don't it has all the points. It has all the points, and it's such a, it's such a. There's too much to get into about why the original Spider-Man uh, trilogy. Uh, I can't remember. I, I only remember. Sp- I remember Spider-Man Two being my favorite. That's the thing. I'm, I'm defending Spider-Man One, but Spider-Man One wasn't as good as Spider-Man Two. I'm, Spider-Man Two is the best Spider-Man. I. It's so wow. And you're and you're citing the director too. My knock isn't even against Tobey Maguire. It's. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the style in which it's done, and I've outgrown it. Um, and Toby's or anyone's performance, unlike a Michael Keaton performance in Batman, was not enough for me to say there's something still about that that I really like. Like the Batman stuff, I don't think aged well, but Michael Keaton was amazing. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure that I feel the same about the original Spider-Man. I'm not going to say they're terrible movies or anything like that. I think everyone involved did a really great job. And I think it was really um, resonant for the time. I just think that styles have changed and it doesn't, it's. I think, look, we're at a, we're at a darker time. Uh, you know, those movies, early 2000s. Uh, it's yeah, very. Things, um, things were, people were looking at. It, it is much lighter and it, you cannot compare. Campy. It's campy. It's incredibly campy, and, but it's, it's campy and that's the point of it. It, it was, it's directed to be campy. Uh, and that's why I love. That's why I love it. Uh, you know, it, it was unabashed about it. The the fact that Sam Raimi could was trying to throw in the Evil Dead scream, like the there's like a, a classic scream uh, that is very much uh, part of his directorial uh, style. Uh, it's throughout all the Evil Dead movies, and he, as a fan of those movies at that time. And seeing how he would throw them in, as as well as the Bruce Campbell, uh, you know, guest appearances, there was just so much throwback for any fans of Evil Dead within the Spider-Man series, and uh, and so for that, it definitely ha- it has a special uh, place. So it is a hard one to just argue flat out and say that it was it, it's the best Spider-Man. But for me personally, for all those reasons, Spider-Man Two cannot be uh, unse- unseated. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back and watch Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah, a, a 2 is the one. 2 is the one is just too campy. It's too cuz you know you have to deal with the awkward I like orgy. I don't mind campy movies. I don't mind yeah. campy movies. Um, but I I I enjoy the current Spider-Man. I think it's, Let's not 
conflict it, conflate it with uh, Fantastic Four either, because Fantastic Four, the original one, even the, the, the remake is even is worse. But I'll never get over the Reed Richards after they discover they have their powers and they're doing a montage. The Reed Richards stretch toilet paper scene. Do you remember that? Did you did you see that? Yeah, dude, I I don't. I will tell you this. I have watched Fantastic Four fairly recently, and I'm telling you... The original I, or the remake? No, I haven't. I only watched the remake once, the one that okay. was just from a few years ago, but the original. Yeah, yeah, a few years. yeah the original, yeah. And uh, with Captain America. Yeah. What? Oh, oh, wait. Wait, the remake had Captain America? No, the original. With Chris Evans, right? Oh, Is sorry. Chris, Chris Evans yeah. as the... Yes, yeah. he was yeah. Human Torch. Right, right. Yeah. So... And and what I did was fast forward to Silver Surfer and only watch the Silver Surfer parts because Which I love them the so much. Yes, that's the best uh, they part. they were phenomenal. Like if they ever cast Silver Surfer, I want him to return. The Silver Surfer movie needs to be made, no doubt about that. Because as any space geek, Silver Surfer is just the this cosmic entity that is is trapped to a lord that is evil and it's like all this like inner turmoil about being made to do one thing and having your own it's just such a cool concept uh so silver surfer movie would be amazing but back to how awful fantastic four is if your best montage for a man who could stretch after being hit by cosmic rays is to have him sitting on a toilet and watching how he doesn't have to leave it in order to stretch his arm all the way down a hallway to grab uh, a roll of toilet paper that is in a cupboard, you have problems if that's your superhero. Practical, practical application. Practical application. What would you do with superpowers on a day-to-day basis when you're not saving the world? Well, you're going to gonna sit your ass down in one spot and stretch all over the house to do what you need to do. Why would you get up and walk? Walking's for losers. You can stretch. Yep, yep. I mean... I couldn't tell if it was more of a commentary on how bad the movie was or a commentary on how lame Mr. Fantastic is as a superhero. Or I, a I reflection tell. on our society because that is how most of us would use that superpower. I'll tell you what. If I could stretch, I, I could find better uses for it. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. So interesting comment about uh, well, Fantastic Four. I'm, I'm very curious to see how they're going to – if they reintroduce that to the MCU, how they're going to – handle it and make it as believable as I think they've made all the other superheroes so far. I'm curious to see how they are going to make, um, if they introduce the new Fantastic Four into the MCU, how believable they're going to make them as they've made all the other superheroes so far. But uh, I have to go back and watch Spider-Man 2. And yeah, we kind of pivoted away. We got a little little bit on a tangent there. We were talking about all the forensic stuff. Um, but I think from what I, what I'm gleaning from all this is that you don't necessarily disagree with my premise and I don't disagree with your premise. It's a matter of when and if it could ever be implemented responsibly. Is that fair yeah, to say? I, no, I think, I think that we can come to that conclusion. If we, if we were to go back to it, I think that we could say that if we lived in a society where I was confident that we could implement that kind of technology with the responsibility that it would require, it would be an amazing advancement in terms of um, not yeah, crime fighting, uh, law enforcement, let's just say that. Law enforcement, it would be a major uh, boon. But the way that 
large for, law enforcement is currently set up today has just too many biases uh, and, and too many inroads for corruption with the elected system, with getting elected and putting away cases as opposed to solving crimes. And when you, uh, to me, that is just a, it's a recipe for disaster once you start implementing or once you start adding in something that is going to be even more difficult to dispute and that can basically become this godlike um, uh, entity when trying to prove crimes, just to simply say the science pointed to this person and we are, and, and, and that pressure on people to believe, like they, to just basically believe it. Is, is just too much. I just think the power is too much because eventually you could just start fabricating. You don't even need to prove it after a while because, again, these guys are using it and no one even knows the algorithms that are used to create the data. No one even knows the algorithms that are used to, to do the science and they're already using it. Law enforcement is already using it. So, I mean, it's not a huge jump to believe that at some point uh, you could just start making it up. The algorithm not being public, peer-reviewed, was in relation to how they reconstruct faces from DNA. And I don't know if that's what you were referring to, but it is. Well, it's a private company, so I mean, I I don't imagine any of it. But matching matching markers in DNA, yeah, but matching markers is a little different, I think, than reconstructing faces from DNA. You know, they they run your DNA and they see who's a match, a partial match. It's a little different than reconstructing somebody's face. What was the guy in Florida that you sent? You sent about that police chief who. Tried to yeah, do, uh, this dude. Yeah, uh, do that dude. Now. What was yeah. that? Uh, so, so, so this guy. Um, <laughs> so, this sheriff in Florida has um, apparently achieved what the rest of us could not, and has put together an algorithm that crunches historical data on perpetrators to predict their next crime or to pr- predict how likely they are to predict the, uh, to commit another crime and to proactively combat their um, likely scenario, they harass them and pick them up on petty charges and, uh, you know, they, they, they target them. So if you like um, you got, if you got booked for three things, you know, paid your fine, served your time, um, you're just going to have the police constantly knocking on your door, constantly inspecting your property to make sure no hedges are overgrown or whatever, and yeah. just continuously harass you. Um, yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was laughable in its effort and sophistication and completely terrifying in the authority that this person has and the, the impact it can have on someone's life in the local community. I, honestly thought it was an onion article when i read it and i think it was like the tampa bay times or something like that yeah it was say. it was actually it's more it's it, and again a, a shout out to local local news because local news does the dirty work but yeah but here's the thing think about that think about how crappy that scenario was and how ridiculous this this cop was in order to think that he could minority report his neighborhood and and find people committing crimes before they i mean find people before they commit crimes right Think about the authority that he used and was able to impart on his deputies to go out and harass these people with little to no evidence or, 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 or any kind of uh, peer review science on his methodology, right? Now, go back to a third party sanctioning that behavior. Think yeah. about how much worse that would get. 
But the sheriff obviously wasn't able to build a pool in his backyard and the precogs weren't available. Like, and yet he was able to convince his deputies and other people that what he was doing was the right thing to do. Listen, dude, I'm not going to condemn. I'm not going to condemn partial DNA matching because this sheriff in, in where, you know, in Florida took it upon himself to be a self-proclaimed data scientist, commission I don't some vendor to to put together an algorithm, and then start harassing people. Like, I I don't know. I I mean, it's some level of ignorance or or just like straight up intent, and he just needed something to to you know in his eyes uh, justification. I don't I don't know who this person. I don't want to like say what's going on, but I, what I can say is that. That is a, an entirely flawed concept. Its application is absolutely ridiculous, and I'm not gonna. It, it, I'm not gonna conflate that with the the Nature article. Now, now imagine you were some. Imagine you're some Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger twins situation where you've got all you. You, you were adopted, and then you, and then this this crime unit comes up to your door, and they go you have been identified as a hundred percent match to being at this place at a certain time. And you're like, hundred percent's a little different. Antoine, hundred percent's a hundred percent. Exactly. But you have a twin. But it's not a hundred percent. That's not what this is. I know. Don't trying, do that. I want to operate on a real, on, on a somewhere. I, I didn't want to put it. Premise. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go into the twin scenario, but the thing is you're going to get that case. You're going to get a case where a twin commits a crime and the other person gets uh, done away for it because. But their uh, DNA isn't a hundred percent match to twins right isn't that no, what's gonna the be close is? enough yeah but it's gonna you know it's not of course but it's gonna be close enough that's my point it's gonna be it's gonna be so close that's enough like the, that's like the judge dread scenario screen. that's that's the judge dread scenario where they think sylvester stallone committed the crimes but that's it was right. his lab twin that no one ever knew about. that's right that's right yeah that's, because that's only general. only your dna could activate the gun which again i thought yeah. that twins don't have an exact match so that gun has a fidelity problem in I terms of how that, sensitive yeah, it but is I, to DNA. well it, it's, I think it's close enough, and and I think that's something definitely for next time. We could definitely uh, I, I want to discuss. I want to look that up and talk about the twinning uh, DNA because I do want to know uh, how this would implicate twins. It would be very interesting. The whole yeah. thing would fall apart if you if you could wrongfully convict twins. That that, that I I think that you could. Uh, yeah, you're definitely gonna. I just can't that, see but that, no, but that, but that, that's not that has nothing to do with this because that can happen now. They run DNA now, and if the DNA that's was true. a match, that that, that, what, that kind of scenario have, could happen oh, now. Man, do twins have the same fingerprints? Probably not, right? I, I, from my understanding, which again, I'm not an expert. I don't think twins have exact matches. That variance, I don't know what it accounts for. Maybe fingerprints are looped into that, grouped into that. Eyes, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the variance in DNA represents physically. Um, I don't know how much longer you want to go, but the uh, the other thing that came up was the whole vigilante thing. I think we're going to save that one. Let's save that one. Let's give save ourselves it. something in the pocket. By the way, uh, according to the New York Times, the new research, identical twins share very similar genes. Identical, they are not. There you go. So no worries, you won't get arrested um, for your twin committing heinous acts. Doppelgangers, they're real. (laughs) 